Welcome to the Doubles Only Tennis Podcast, where you learn the best doubles strategies to improve your game and win more matches. I'm your host, Will Bocek. This podcast, my website, and my weekly newsletter all focus on the goal of better understanding the sport of doubles and helping players like you improve faster through actionable advice that you can use in your very next match. My goal is to provide the best doubles strategy resources in the world. And to do that, I study, analyze, and work with players at every level of the game, all the way up to the ATP and WTA tours. If you enjoy this podcast, I've created double strategy products that go even deeper if you want to take your doubles knowledge to the next level. At the end of this episode, I'll explain more about them, or if you want to learn more now, go to thetennistribe.com slash products. Here's today's episode. In this conversation, Tennis Tribe doubles writer Hanlon Walsh and I sit down with the number 17 WTA doubles player and 2022 Canadian Open champion and number one overall seed at the ATX Open, Nicole Melikar-Martinez. So we caught up with Nicole Uh, immediately after practice. And I asked her um, what they had worked on in practice. And keep in mind, this was day one of the tournament. Uh, They did not have a match this day. So they did a full uh, two-hour practice. So you'll get some good insights into um, what they kind of focused on uh, during day one of this tournament. We also asked Nicole uh, how she's handled some recent very tight matches. So they've lost a couple of 10-point tiebreakers in which um, they actually won the majority of points in the match. Uh, So they were really the better team but lost the match. And how do she and Ellen handle that and stay positive? And then we also asked Nicole uh, how to play against uh, Krejcikova and Siniakova who have won four consecutive Grand Slam titles. Uh, What's it going to take to knock off the the number one team in the world, and then a little bit about her spring plans as well. So uh, without further delay, enjoy this conversation with Nicole Melikar-Martinez. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Today we are sitting down with Nicole Melikar-Martinez at the ATX Open. Nicole, welcome back. Thank you. Happy to be back. So you're here in Austin. Uh, You're the top seed with Ellen Perez. Uh, how is Austin so far? I mean, I love Austin. I used to live an hour away from here, uh, down in New Braunfels at oh, the John Newcomb right. Tennis Ranch. Yeah, yeah. So I played a bunch of junior tournaments up here in Austin, never here at this club, but Austin's really nice, has a lot of good restaurants. The people are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, just good vibes all around so far. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so you just finished practice. Uh, I wanted to ask some details about practice. Uh, I went out there and watched for a second, but the windscreens were kind of covering it, so I couldn't (laughs) stick around. Um, What did y'all do? Y'all were out there for a couple hours. Was it mostly drills or sets or working on specific things? Yeah, the first hour we played points, uh, and then actually the team after the first hour needed to leave, and there was another team that finished up playing points next to us, so we continued with them for another 15 minutes, and then we did some drills. Um, Basically, yeah, the points, just uh, working on a few tactics that we want to implement maybe in our next match, um, some specifics that didn't go so well over in the Middle East, uh, in Doha and Dubai and stuff. And then the drills that we did, we did some server returns. We did some hand feeding again, just to try and sharpen up on, um, you know, a few of the reaction volleys and a few of the situations I think that 
we've been struggling with a little bit and also just to prepare us for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, when y'all are doing points, are you doing like tiebreakers? Are y'all even keeping score or are you just kind of uh, working on specific like formations on a particular side? Or um, We were keeping score. Uh, we almost always keep score. Uh, but yeah, we were trying to make it as realistic to a match as possible. Okay. Um, it seemed like in our, in our last few matches, um, a few of like the important points or close points maybe didn't go our way. We lost a few close tiebreakers. So, um, I was, or we were trying to make it as realistic as possible, you know, emphasizing like, Hey, it's a no ad or Hey, it's, you know, 30 all or six all in the tiebreak and just, you know, trying to get into that match mindset. Cause sometimes in practice, it's, I guess a little easier to miss. You don't really care as much, but if you can care a bit more, like you wouldn't match, maybe it's a little more realistic. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so y'all, recently lost two crazy close matches uh over in the middle east Mm -hmm. um and i was looking at those earlier so in dubai the the final point total was 67 to 67 so y'all were dead even Mm -hmm. and y'all lost i think it was 16 14 in the third Mm -hmm. and then uh in qatar y'all actually won the point total 72 Mm -hmm. 65 um so you were the better team in the match but Mm -hmm. lost i think it was 12 10 in the third in that one Mm -hmm. um and then even at the Australian Open, y'all probably should have won that match. I think maybe you had a match point. Mm-hmm. So it seems like um, y'all did really well in the fall. Uh, it seems like you've just kind of been on an unlucky streak. How do you view that and kind of stay positive with Ellen through things like that? Because it is, I mean, there's a lot of no-add points. There's 10-point tiebreakers instead of full thirds. Um, so sometimes the better team doesn't always win. Uh, so h- how do you view that? Um, I think, I think it's tough sometimes, but at the end of the day, I think I'm more experienced now because, mm-hmm. uh, I've been, I've been in some situations with former partners where you go and lose a few matches in a row, um, where it's close. And, and right now Ellen and I are doing so many good things. We're maybe just making a mistake here and there where it's making it, making it closer than it should. And like you said, just a little unlucky in those tie breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, is it unlucky? Is it maybe just a little bit of hesitation, you know, not wanting to lose again. Mm -hmm. Um, You never know. But uh, yeah, I think we're doing a lot of great things. We're not losing three and three. We're not getting killed. It's, it's, we're having match point. We had match point last week. We at the Australian open, we had match point. So it Mm -hmm. is on our racket. Um, I'm positive. I felt like last summer, um, you know, Madrid, Rome, Berlin, um, we had a bunch of matches where, we lost also some close ones until we got it going. Yeah. So it could just be the same story. And I'm confident that once we do get it going, we're a pretty hard train to stop. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm confident in our abilities. And for me, it's not a matter of uh, if it'll be a matter of time of when it will. Yeah. Um, so question from Twitter, actually. I, I sent out a tweet uh, to questions for you. Um, somebody asked... Uh, who is the best doubles player on tour right now? Um, I would have to best doubles player. Yeah, so just one player. Just one they player. They specified. Um, I probably have to give it to Sinyakova, uh, just because. Uh, I mean, she's won her the last four slams she's played in a row, and she's also won several tournaments and played finals with a bunch of different partners. Mm-hmm. Um, she serves well, she returns well, um, she's great at the net, she's quick, um, she's rallies solid, you give her 
any sort of time on the ball, she punishes it. Um, mm -hmm. She's a little bit of a hothead, but it seems to help her at times. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> but if I had to choose one right now, um, based on results, you you have to go with her. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, I agree with you. Yeah. So speaking of Sinikova, I know you and Ellen last year were probably the the toughest team that they face. I know um, y'all had a lot of uh, or several tight matches with them. Mm -hmm. What uh, what is it going to take to beat the Czechs this year after they've looked, you know, pretty, pretty unstoppable in Australia. Yeah. Um, I think the task right now is uh, who's going to beat them at a slam, uh, because in the no ad format, I think that gives a bit more wiggle room and, you know, you can get a little lucky or maybe not lucky, but you know, you get a few points going your way. It's a bit easier to beat them. Whereas in a full two out of three set match with the ad scoring, that's the true test. Um, I think the key to beating them, you have to play well and you can't give them breathing room because like I said, once you give them something a little bit slower, they take advantage. Uh, Barbara does not make errors and Singakova, she will always just punish it um, when it's there. So you just can't slow down. You need to keep going like basically like a bulldozer and just execute it. So those were two things that happened to us in Wimbledon. We uh, slowed down, gave them breathing room. And then in us open, we just couldn't continue executing. And that was the difference. Yeah. They seem to play their best tennis on the, the biggest stages, you know, like any, any top doubles team. I know the last time we saw you and Ellen was in Fort Worth at the WTA finals. And since then, just a few months later, we've seen, you know, teams like Dabrowski and Olmos and Kudermatova and, and Mertens, um, part ways and play with different partners. Do you follow or do you kind of keep up with the top teams shifting around and what do you make of the current doubles landscape right now? I mean, yeah, it's always interesting to follow to see who's splitting and why. And, you know, we always love that locker room gossip. I'm not going to gossip about <laughs> it here because that's what we get to talk about between us girls. Behind the scenes, yeah. Yes. But, um, yeah, I saw Gabby's going, Dabrowski's going back to playing with Louisa Stefani. And obviously mm -hmm. they did well up until Louisa's unfortunate injury. Um, and they're going to be a very tough pairing. Uh, and then Kudermatova, I know she wanted to focus more on singles, mm -hmm. but if she does lose in singles, I know she wants to give it her best in, in doubles too. And that's just what happened in Dubai. You know, they both mm -hmm. lost pretty early in singles and gave it a go. Uh, so her and Samsonova are, um, are clearly a, a team to reckon with now. They have what, 900 points to their name plus whatever other results they had this year. Um, and Mertens, she's been injured a little bit. Uh, she did well with Storm at the Australian Open, and then now they're teaming up back in Indian Wells in Miami. So I, I think it's very open right now. I think they're, you know, we're all chasing the final eight spots at the end of the year, and I could probably name, you know, 12 or 13 great teams that could get there just depending yeah. on how the results line up this year. Yeah. Um, so we're going into the sunshine double. You did not play last year cause you were injured, I believe. Yep. Um, is, so you don't really have any points to defend. Is that something that you think about? Like, does that relieve a little bit of pressure or you don't really think about that and you just kind of approach it the same way? I try and just approach it the same way. Um, Sometimes when you're defending points, it seems like a lot of pressure, but you do well. And sometimes when you're not defending points, you think you don't mm -hmm. have anything to defend and then you don't perform well or 
each yeah. scenario can be vice versa. When you have to defend, you do. And right. Um, so I'm just trying to approach it as it's another tournament. I want to do well, regardless of if I won it last year or not. And yeah, I didn't play last year, so I do have an opportunity, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to let that affect my game in a negative way. When you are defending points, yeah, I guess I could see how like that adds a little bit of pressure, but if you're defending points, you likely did well there last year. So you mm -hmm. like the facility, you like the court, you like the city. Mm -hmm. um, does that play a big role? Like if you, a particular maybe court surface or site that you um, really like, or does that not really affect you as much? Um, I think I, there are certain places that I felt comfortable playing and I do like, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that can, that can play a factor at these tournaments are in particular. I've never, um, I've never had a great result. Uh, I don't feel that was because of, um, you know, any sort of, uh, negative factors, you know, that, that I didn't necessarily like it. I just, I think I played against some good teams and, and also, you know, last year when I, could have been maybe seated there, was injured. And then the year before was COVID and, you mm -hmm. know, there are many, so I, I don't really feel like I've played much at, in Indian Wells or Miami as an experienced player. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll just approach it differently this year. What is the plan for the spring? Are y'all going to go to Charleston and then what, what, what are you going to play in Europe? I don't know. We haven't sure, actually, yeah. yeah, we haven't spoken about it. Um, we're, we've spoken up until Miami. And then after that, um, I would assume, you know, maybe Charleston and then either Stuttgart or Madrid or something, but we haven't, um, actually written out a set schedule. So mm -hmm. I, I couldn't tell you for sure. Do you have a favorite, uh, clay tournament? Um, well, I used to love Nuremberg. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first title, even though it's just a small 250, but I loved it there. And then I've won Strasbourg's the only tournament I've won twice. Okay. Yeah. So I like, I like that week right before the French. Um, yeah. but Rome is probably my favorite city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. All right. Uh, anything else before we let you go? Um, no, I guess just whoever's in Indian Wells in Miami, come cheer for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be there, uh, watching for sure. So yeah, if anybody's listening, going to be out there, let us know and, um, come watch some doubles. Nikki Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. We'll uh, talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the doubles only podcast. If you're interested in diving deeper into any topics I discuss, I've created double strategy products that allow me to bring you more podcasts and other doubles content without relying on paid ads. I have ebooks and courses that help you make better strategic decisions during matches and become the smartest player on the court. Go to thetennistribe.com slash products to learn more. You can also join my free weekly double strategy newsletter that includes video lessons and more on our homepage. If you want to connect, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or email me directly, will at thetennistribe.com.